0: today's podcast episode i had the pleasure to connect with uh, joshua and prez Um, i actually discovered them on tiktok um, where they were um, putting out these videos of um, quote-unquote worship songs (laughs) where the lyrics were derived from parts of the bible you've probably not read more than once or ever um, I'm going to play some audio so you get an idea of their, their sense of humor, because the, the videos are, are hilarious.
1: What's up, everyone? We are back on God's mission, and we are tired of hearing worship songs get watered down. So we decided to take something straight from Scripture, and we can't wait to share it with you.
2: If two men are fighting, and the lack of one of them comes to rescue her husband from his a sailing, she reaches out and sees. By his private parts, you shall cut off her hand show her no pity. Mm, be blessed.
0: So, as you can see, um, their sense of humor very closely aligned with with mine. <laughs> in in my conversation with them, um, I saw that there was we had a lot in common in terms of our story and you know how uh, Christian faith has impacted our lives and how deconstruction of that Christian faith. Has impacted our lives, um, but it was it was such a fun conversation, and you know we talked about all kinds of stuff. We talked about um, <laughs> Halloween and smoking weed and uh, working at a church full time. Um, uh, Josh was actually um, a former pastor uh, of a church that that he'd um, served at and attended for twenty years, um, and um, and it was something that I can obviously relate to. Uh, but we talked about we literally talked about. Um, stinging yourself with bees on purpose for medical reasons. I mean, need I say any more? This was an interesting conversation. So um, listen in and um, yeah, here here it is. Here's our conversation, uh, my conversation with, with Josh and Prez. So Joshua and Prez. Yeah. yeah. Is Prez like short for something?
1: It's short for Presley, um, which... I started going by Prez because um, they did because I was a sound engineer and being a sound engineer in the church for whatever reason, like they all thought that Prez was a boy's name and it just was <laughs> like, if honestly, like because when they think of a, I think I think I like really surprised them because I'm like five three and like a hundred pounds, and so the first question I always get asked is like. Do you need help moving stuff? And the answer <laughs> is no, I don't, actually. And I can unload a whole snake by myself. <laughs> but um, I started going by Prez instead.
2: It, it was often like, right? You were telling me it was like shocking <laughs> to, to people because they'd like be expecting to see a dude, right? Yeah, I, then, I would
0: if I saw like Prez like on a, on a mm-hmm. whatever. Or on even list.
1: like by word of mouth, they thought it was Perez, which they thought was like my last name. So they didn't even know, and then they'd see me and they'd be like, the singers are over there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. leave the
1: big jobs for the men. <laughs>
2: which I always thought was brilliant, because you told me this, which was that you told me you would say that your name was Prez um, because you didn't want them assuming that you were a female. Like, or a male. Or a male, and oftentimes <laughs> they would come in showing more respect if they didn't know, which yeah. is nuts. That's yeah, th-
0: it's the world we live in. <laughs> it is.
2: Yeah.
1: Yep.
0: I, I have a friend that he's um he's always come across as older, and so he never tells anybody what his age is. And anywhere he's ever worked, he doesn't want them to know because that they'll respect him less. It's like they'll you know he he'll have like some director position whatever, and they don't know he's like twenty four, but the dude looks like he's forty, so which true. isn't great. But um yeah, it's especially in like the workplace is like a, it's totally a thing. Um, I um. Yeah, so let, why don't we start with um, just getting a little bit? Um, I, I want to learn about your background. Like, how did how did y'all meet, and why are you where you are, and why are there guitars behind you, and <laughs> all that? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> we met in
2: the church, and um, and then I went through a transition out of the church, and in that time the two of us became really close. We became roommates, um, which was incredible, um, to have a roommate during the pandemic. Um, that was nice and beautiful. (laughs) um, But, but through the pandemic, it was, um, it was hard because we both got really sick. So Presley got diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease. And Mm. so I was, Caring, caring for Presley throughout this time um, And got into gardening Started like gardening Because one of the things that she needed An organic diet And so yeah. we got into gardening um,
1: Plus we were like I was completely broke from paying for treatment So that was like $500 a week Oh my um, god What? Sorry, for Lyme 800, disease? It was $800 a week Yeah for intravenous because um it's a long story, but because the CDC doesn't recognize it as an infectious disease um you won't get covered for it through
0: what most what the insurance. hell are you even serious
1: though, yeah even though we, especially you on the East Coast know that it's uh, five hundred thousand cases like annually are recognized by the CDC that doesn't even include all of the others I'm, that I'm like, like super know, I don't go
0: outside I'm like really ignorant about Lyme disease what what does it do to you like what's
1: yeah, no, that's okay. I'm so glad that you asked it. <laughs> Honestly. So it um, is uh, a type of disease that mimics a lot of other autoimmune diseases. It's incredibly neurological and it progresses um, over time to get worse and worse, essentially. And so some things that it can cause are seizures, paralysis, um, like an encephalitis in your head, like inflammation in your brain. Um, it gets kind of misdiagnosed as a lot of other things from cancers to fibromyalgia, MS, ALS, oh um, all kinds of things. And we just don't know a ton about it, but we do know that it's vector-borne. So it's typically spread by <laughs> like um, spiders, ticks.
0: Are, are those uh, the vectors?
1: Yes, those are the wow. vectors.
0: That's, that's, and- they sound like robots like this. It sounds like oh, a cool no, thing to be a vector. So
2: we will slip into this kind of... So we have another like, um passion, which is we have a, a, another side of TikTok that we're on where we educate people about bees and Lyme disease, which there's a, oh gosh, this is where we lose everyone. <laughs> um, so we actually sting Presley with bees um, three times a week because it is putting her chronic Lyme disease into remission. I know wow. that, that sounds like totally fucking crazy, And it is, but the rad thing is, it's scientifically proven and it's working and it's like, it's changed our lives. Whatever
0: works.
1: Plus, like, regardless of what you believe in, it is scientifically proven that bee venom's antimicrobial, anti inflammatory, um, antifungal. Um, it's also will break through the blood brain barrier, which just basically means, like, wow, that's amazing. And then on top of that, it stays in your body for 48 hours, bacteria replicates every 24 typically so that it just makes sense like antibiotics wow. can't stand our body for longer for long enough time and so it just will continue to basically replicate that, over
0: you know it's funny i follow you on instagram and i see this thing about stinging and i, I i'm like are they misspelling singing like what's happening <laughs> i like get it now that's because wild
2: yeah yeah
0: sting along yeah
2: <laughs> so that's so so basically so she that's kind of what she got into and then at that same time i got diagnosed with diverticulitis um which is like my my, my wife she she got
0: she got some of the diverticulites
2: yeah oh gosh yeah it's an awful awful thing to go through i got it the day after i turned 40 years old and which is like if you google it it's like takes place in men 40 and older And of course, like the day after my birthday, (laughs) I get diagnosed with diverticulitis. And then I found myself like having major surgery. And so in a sense, like the two of us, like go through this crazy pandemic, like get sick, nurse each other back to health, fall in love, and then um, start a business. Like it's been... It just
1: doesn't make sense. Yeah,
2: it's nuts.
1: It's like, it's just so much happened all of a sudden.
2: Yeah. And then... Pair into that, you know, the like at the beginning of that all like leaving the church, like having a, a 20-year career for me at, you know, I was 20 years a professional Christian at so this you, church.
0: You were telling me earlier that you'd reached the point of being like an executive pastor at, at like you were in, yeah. in, in the, the cabinet or whatever, like the the big boys.
2: Yeah, so I, and I started out as like the junior high intern they brought me up at like eighteen years old. They didn't pay me for like the first three months. I was living in my car. Only three uh, months. <laughs> yeah, right. But I seriously, I was homeless. Like I was living in my car. Wow. Um, I was trying. I was like, um, I was turning in cans for money so I could get food.
0: Wow. Where, like, where was this? This is in
2: California. Um, well, this is uh, like in the in the northern California area. Okay. Yeah.
1: Which is crazy because I remember like. The only thing I knew about this church was that their uh, worship leader had an incredible voice and he used to be homeless. <laughs> like Those were the only two things Joshua was. Which,
2: honestly, that's what I want to be known for in my life. Like the homeless <laughs> worship leader guy.
0: <laughs> it's funny. We actually have that in common. I, I had uh, a little ho- um, homelessness while in, in my college days. I mean, it wasn't I wasn't living in a car for that long. I, was, I wasn't living in a car at all, but... I was doing, like, the, the, the couch hopping for a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She um, still has the same, well, a f- similar feeling. Because that's what <laughs> happened to me when, like, I didn't want to tell people I was sleeping in my car. Because I was, like, it was, like, only, if like, a little, little bit. But I was, like, I'm fine. I just don't need people. <laughs> like, you <just> don't want to <laughs> talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: You know it's funny? Like, um, Northern California, I, I've been there at least a, a couple times. And it was, like the i saw like billboards like church billboards and stuff it just it just felt so not california to me like it's like the most christian part of california am, am i correct in that assumption is that how
2: northern california
0: like going like to like I, when i was near i went to i visited bethel and being oh. in northern california it was like They're everybody Redding. was churchy
2: that's a different kind of northern california
0: <laughs> <laughs> like how yeah. what how far north were you were you talking
2: that that's like up by bethel so that's reading um that's that's not too bad. Where it gets really kooky is once you get like in like um, Bakersfield and like the sorry if not sorry, like <laughs> head from Corn. You know, like the um yeah, yeah. that guy right? was he the guitar player or the bass player? I don't yeah, remember. Guitar, no, he yeah. was the bass player. Head
0: Welch. Yeah.
2: Head. Um. He. That's where his church is. Like that's where he like became a Christian and like all of that. That's also where like most of the meth is perf- like yeah, pretty I,
0: <laughs> I think of Northern California is like churches, um, bikers, meth and like Tahoe. Yeah. That that's, that's <laughs> what I think about. Yeah.
2: Um, we are we are more like Bay. Bay Area so it's a okay. different like we're tech like Silicon you know, Valley Silicon Valley kind of area. But then it's... like
1: Bay Area yeah. chill vibes. Totally.
0: <laughs> so so. It, what was that like? I mean that sounds like you're living in a place that was not super church friendly or like, you know, conservative or whatever um, with like the church thing happening in, in the mix. Like what what was that like?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, we have completely, her story is insane. I don't know if you how much you want to like jump into it tonight or whatever, but like.
1: We'll see what happens. Well,
2: the last time she's very much still like processing a lot of stuff. (laughs) I have, I have deconstructed a lot. Um, but you know, I always wore this as a badge of pride in my area. It was like less than 4% of the area identifies as Christian. Right. And it was like, so, so I had this like sense of like, I'm doing the real Lord's work. Like there was an, like a pride to that. Like, you know, screw everybody in the bible belt like we're in the where like satan has a foothold that was kind of like yeah <laughs> like common language like satan has a foothold in this area and now like i'm outside of that and i see like oh no this area just does not put up with a lot of bullshit. like it, that it really is like um and so but it, uh, odd growing up in an area that that did um reject god so much but it gave me a weird sense of like job security and stability because I was always like this token cool guy. Mm-hmm. And so um, cause I didn't grow up in the church. Like I put myself in it and I like thought all these Christian things and just Christianity in general was like super cheesy. And so, <laughs> um, but they like liked this about me, which was cool. Like they gave me, they like celebrated me in that way, but I became this like, token cool guy that like basically um they used me so other people would be like well joshua's here like so it can't be that bad
1: it honestly worked on me (laughs) <laughs> he he's literally was the only part. I was like, I don't know. I think this church is kind of lame, but like at least the worship leader is really at good. Least that,
0: the home, the cute homeless guy is.
1: The <laughs> yeah, homeless, man. the cute
2: homeless dude. I I pull off homeless chic well.
0: <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I we have a lot in common in that sense. I so I grew up, and it was sort of sort of weird. Like I grew up in this subculture where um, my family came from the, the Dominican Republic. And Protestantism is relatively new to to DR compared to the rest of you know the, the world where um, the 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 way that um, uh, the East Coast was colonized was all these Protestants and so East Coast the East Coast was already Protestant from day one, and we'll, yeah. Day one, according to to what Americans think day one is, and in the British Republic, our colonizers were Catholic. So becoming a Protestant was like that. It was like the the new wave, it was the new thing. And especially the charismatic movement, like speaking in tongues and, and the whole, the whole thing. And so um my family was kind of like kicked out of the Catholic church. Then they started churches and they, and they, they put them all over Latin America. And um, the first one they started with actually was in, in Jersey city uh, here in New Jersey. And so yeah. we were like coming into this, to this place um, where just like the West coast, you know, nobody wants to go to church. And the people who did were the local, other hispanics that were going through the same um changes in their own culture so our church was totally hispanic like forever like it was all hispanics and we were like um it was sort of like an oasis in like a big dark valley of 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 satan in in the new york area and so like um like i was always like the other it was we i was always other and, um, you know, we, we didn't we didn't do the things that our neighbors did, like nobody cursed my family. We did. I didn't do the baggy jeans. I never did any of the the things that urban kids my age did. None of that stuff because of the church. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, you know, I I I, I was kind of used to that my whole life. And then when I got when I started working at the at the mega church I was one of the only Hispanic people because this was like in the suburbs. It was like like all white people. Yeah. And so the, I was like the, the guy coming in from the outside, and it's like, "Oh, here comes the guy with the culture." And the, and I remember the big thing was sneakers. Like I remember one time for my birthday, they gave me like a like a signed card, and it was like a big Jordan sneaker on the front. I was like the guy, the guy who was about the sneakers, which made no <laughs> sense to me. But they didn't. They just it was like foreign to them. And um, uh, forever, I was like the the token sneaker guy. I, I remember the pastor would like fist bump me, <laughs> like why are you. It's fucking me. (laughs) Because I was from like Jersey City. I was from like the urban part of New Jersey. Um and um yeah, so I I can I could totally see that. Um... Oh
1: my gosh. I mean it's like I can't even like one story I can think of is, um, so like it's typical that big mega churches will rent their spaces out to smaller churches in the community. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, so like, it's really common in like, so I grew up or I didn't grow up, but like I was like my highest Mm Christianess I would say was probably when I was living in LA. And so we're getting like a huge, like diverse group of people. But one of them is like, um, It's in the valley. It's like very Presbyterian and very like male dominated and very like like to the point where like men wouldn't shake my hand because I was a woman like Mm -hmm. as crazy as that sounds. You get it, right? But one of the things that I'll never forget. Yes, lots of, like, <laughs> side hug saving the <laughs> Jesus, absolutely. But one of the things I remember at this church, and I was so disappointed in it, because everyone, like, there was only one Asian woman there, I remember. That was it. Like, I didn't see anybody else of any other ethnicity. Um, but the, this pastor was trying to tell a story to the entire congregation about, like, you know, it's amazing that, like, we can all come together. Like, for example, our the Korean church that uses our place on Sunday mornings, they were outside and you know what they were eating pizza can you believe it here they are just eating pizza like all of us you know and i was so angry and i i looked at the woman the other asian woman i was like she's gonna say something nothing like i looked at my partner at the time like i was mad at my partner i was like you got to talk to them about that like how that's not okay that language is not inclusive and you have somebody on your staff who is asian and he's like i can't say anything i i like i'm i'm like i have to keep my job here like any sort of manipulation like everything about our lives was like even to like i used to my partner used to i'm kind of rambling i'm sorry my partner used to make me like make sure i didn't have like my chest showing (laughs) like i i used to wear dresses backwards because let me let me tell
0: you something so my wife she's gonna hate that i talk about this but i'm I'm sure i'll get it cleared with her but my wife forever um got used to wearing t-shirts backwards (laughs) because the neckline is higher on the back so she would wear her shirts like (laughs) with the neckline all the way up like halfway up her neck and then like a big exposed back area and i'm like dude just wear it normal she's like i don't want to show my chest And i'm like that fear is is from the the church days and we we gotta we gotta work on that because that looks so crazy
2: (laughs) and also this i this mentality that you like had to carry around of like you're responsible for another man's thoughts like i genuinely
1: believed it was my power and responsibility as a woman a bride of christ (laughs) not let my brother stumble. <laughs> like, I, I would write it in my journal, like, I like I pray that I have the wisdom to, like, not lead lustfully. Like, I was, like, 16. It, the, what am I s- doing? The silly thing
0: is that little do they know that there is nothing that a girl can do to stop me from stumbling <laughs> if I wanted to. When I, oh, especially, right? dude, right? I dude i like peak peak hormone 17 year old there's nothing they could do they could do like this they could dress like the the um, the women with the slit and like the hood coverings and the the islam thing they could have done that and i still would have been like mm. yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, we, honestly, i hope hopefully this, this might be something <laughs> I, re- I remember like we were just talking about this the other night like when you would be like you know hanging out with yourself Um, and God would pop into your, like, thought, and then you'd have this quick, like, negotiation, like, sorry, God, like, last time. Last time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, okay, I'm good, and then I'm going to the store. We're going to the store.
2: (laughs) (laughs) God, I promise. Like,
1: Like, I used to pray, like, dear God, please, like, take these dirty thoughts out of my mind. Like, not even, like, just, like, get rid of them that's what i really thought was like what you're supposed to do just get rid of those thoughts because it was sinful like it was and like i felt like oh my god i'm going to hell
2: as a guy (laughs) in that i was told too like i it was like my responsibility as a man to keep my stuff under control which yeah i agree but like you cannot keep your as a like a 16 year old boy or like even like a 14 13 your thoughts are insane, dude. I know.
1: I like so. I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm also attracted to women. So me being a sixteen year old girl being like I don't know, boobs are kind of cool. Like, <laughs> like fuck. I'm like I don't know. I'm kind of. I'm like I don't think we really need two fingers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so what what is your like um household look like? Do you like live with? Because I know Josh, you have kids. Do you do you live with them or like what's the they live they live with y'all?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. So- Two kiddos, um, fully and, blended. Yeah, we're full, full blended family. Um, we co-parent with their mom, and um, we try and keep the peace. So, okay. but um, both kids are incredible. They're both really kind. How, and, how old are they? Uh, they're ten and twelve years old. Nice. And um, both very different. Also, oh,
0: you're both having. They're having these conversations. I imagine at this point
2: about like so yeah we're jumping into some of the old like with with the older kid we're jumping into some of these conversations which actually i'll tell you this so when i got into the church and into it was i was a freshman in high school so when i when i accepted the lord into my heart i was a freshman in high school and right when my hormones were just like Raging, right? Like freshman, boy, um, it's and- It's the same for girls. <laughs> just talk about it. Totally. And I was, I don't, um, sorry, sorry. no, it's okay.
1: Um, peak level hormones. Yeah.
2: Oh, sorry, I'm. Uh, my brain does not work all the time. Um, so talking to uh-huh. my now like 12-year-old, almost 13-year-old child, um it's a very different conversation than so i didn't even have that conversation with like my parents they they were like pretty absent when i was younger um they were they were trying but they were pretty pretty absent so my sex education came through the church Mm -hmm. um and like basically which was like all the shit i'm not supposed to do right like it wasn't any anything educational it was just like here's what you're not supposed to do
0: was was Um, it was it your whole family that that into the church or like was it no just me my dad asked
2: me if i was gay because i said i wanted to be celibate like it was like and so i was like having to explain this weird world to them and rightfully so like now that i'm out of it i'm like oh my god like how did you love me through
0: that they never they never followed anyone followed you in with
2: i mean those my parents were such lukewarm christians god would spit it out spit them out of his mouth okay <laughs> um that that was my view that was my arrogant view of them they're they're really good people like they they have um they've shown me a lot of what it means to accept and love people you know what i mean and and so um i used to think that that came from god i'm realizing no i came from my family like yeah. that's yeah. Something that, that the, they've built into. There's me. so
0: many things that so um for me it was a lot of the opposite. So my whole family was in the church, and like the pastors were my were my mom's cousins. Like they're they're I mean they're still active, you know, actively in ministry. And like it's it was literally my family. Hearing like sex edu- sex education stuff. In a group full of young boys and like the teachers, like my cousin, was just weird <laughs> and like and there was I remember one time I don't know if you ever heard of like encounter retreats, but we were at an encounter retreat. they are just like these intense like you put your your sin on the cross and you nail, nail it with a physical oh nail. yeah, yeah, yeah we one call... of those crazy ones. yeah, yeah, so I remember one of those encounter retreats we had like breakout sessions, and one of them was about like masturbation, and just hearing my cousin talk about his wife. My cousin, <laughs> Jeez, just like oh my god, and like talking about like um like the warmth of what sex. It, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what, it was can we super talk weird. Because let, how old were you? This was high school. So yeah, pre. That's
2: fucking weird, man. <laughs> it like is. That's so, like it totally I, is
0: honestly, as <laughs> I break all this stuff down
2: and look back on it, like accountability groups, all of that stuff. It is so weird. It is so weird, the shit that you share. And for guys, mm-hmm. you're talking about like, and you're joking about like women and like having these conversations. And then it's always one like younger guy who's had sex, who probably didn't even wait for marriage, but you know, has has is married, newly married, and now like talking about how great sex is. And <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you're like, <laughs> What the fuck? Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> 14 oh, yeah. years being, old. And being like teachers ourselves, so we teach music. Like, I can't imagine. I, I went to
0: school for music. We have a long comment. Yeah. I, I, I went to Berkeley for, for music education.
1: Oh, awesome. We yeah. like, uh, yeah, I loved it there. But like, can you imagine like saying any of this to like a high oh, school my God. student? No. <laughs> no.
0: Right. no. No
1: way. No way
0: i'm sure no, they'd be like illegal like
2: saying to a 16 year old kid right now hey one day you're gonna be able to put it in your wife and it's gonna be oh my gosh warm and warm like what the <laughs> f- <laughs> Dude, no. oh my gosh these these need, no
0: youth pastors are unhinged man. so it's funny like emily the the pharaoh pastor's wife on tiktok she um she constantly jokes about how like pastors will often refer to their wife as like the hottest and how smoking hot smoking hot. hot wife whatever and i never it, it was so normal to me growing up that it wasn't until i see all the people joking about it on tiktok and stuff they're like is that not nor i guess it's not normal to talk about your smoking hot wife in front of thousands of people oh, isn't
2: it a trip like that that's one of the things that uh, that amazes me about tiktok is that you start to realize how normal the crazy stuff that you did was like like there are people people who've had similar experiences this this is nuts. I just met someone like we became instant best friends. He's another podcaster but um, he basically him and I have this really so I was in a professional band, like when I was younger, like a touring secular, I wasn't a Christian, but my church like was like looking at my um, position in this band as like, I was a missionary, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like missionary and I was doing all these, I got to do warp tour. And
1: he uh, printed a flyer at a Kinko's for a Bible study while he was on tour
2: like instead of like <laughs> having fun and partying and stuff i was like you know starting bible studies yeah. on tour. but anyways like i never and i like i saved myself for marriage like i i saved myself i didn't like hook up with any girls or anything on tour um i just met a person that i actually toured with on warp tour um same thing save themselves through marriage through the tour was like super like fundamentalist like gonna do the right thing here and it was such a weird thing to meet someone who has had such a unique experience in life like a very like it makes me start to think like shit. there's there's nothing new under the sun for, <laughs> like everyone-
0: for, you know it's funny for anybody listening to this I, i'm gonna bring it up again the the phil deal thing that dirty rotten church kids episode um, it revealed to me that this this wave of deconstructionists is like, is huge. It is not, um, it's not a small thing. And it's 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 becoming to, it, it's well on its way to becoming the majority. And yeah. w- one thing, one, one stat that blew my mind was that um, a quarter of people active in the church, like people who, who attend regularly, a quarter of them have deconstructed and, and ha- do not possess Christian belief at all and i am wow. like that's that's crazy but i a big number yeah a yeah. quarter and like it's um it's the fastest growing um i don't know if you call it a religious group or whatever but it's it's which is not surprising to me um and um it's funny every time i, I talk about this stuff with um with other people um, at, at, that are still in it they 're like what do you talk about the church is exploding and I'm like where and they're like Iran I'm like duh <laughs> like you go you mentioned any like super desperate country like of course you know like if if you give somebody a message of hope it doesn't really matter what the message is people will, yeah. will latch on to that
1: yeah it's so true and it yeah it that's crazy
0: I I used to be
2: subscribed to this thought that like America didn't need any help like mm. that like America was a saved nation and that our like anything that we would be doing here for Americans would be like throwing pearls to swine and so and I remember like being taught this idea and and, it, and I look back on it now and it was like of course it's so much easier to go overseas to a uh, a third world country and just like go in and be like, yo, I've got money. Let's do this. <laughs> and of course everyone's gonna be like, dude, a rat, you know, that, that that's so huge um, for a community, but you just do bad things. You just yeah. Or even things. like
1: you see all of the unintended consequences of like good natured intervention. Oh yeah. And then you see like, I mean, like in a uh, Myanmar, the bicycles,
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a, a village that got a bunch of bicycles and um, this, like, philanthropist, like, super rich guy. I was like, because they had to, you know, the the well was, like, you know, 15 miles away or something like that. And uh, basically, they um, bought him a bunch of bikes, but they didn't teach him how to fix the bikes. And so, <laughs> like, when the dude went back a year later, there were just fucking bikes everywhere. Like, bike And they had turned the bikes into, like, other like tools and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this whole like million dollar bike project yeah, just out but the window. It's just like it just
1: shows you like how out of touch and just like not thinking like you're assuming that these people know how to fix a bike. You're just assuming these things are like with Tom's shoes, how you hear of these people who are like, we don't want to wear those shoes. Like, we're like, <laughs> oh yeah, people burning.
0: Is that a thing? I, yeah, I had no like- idea.
1: It's like making these people a marked target of like, ah, you met a white Christian, who <laughs> like sold you Toms. You know yeah. what I
2: mean? I remember there was a while. I I, I mean I, I don't know if it, I don't know if anything is a thing really anymore, honestly. Like, but I remember hearing in the news that people uh, burned their shoes because they were embarrassed. Like it was like a sign <laughs> and They were poor. <laughs> oh and it was like, Good job, Toms. Yeah, like
0: um <laughs> the um uh the church that I grew up in. They started um, kind of like a charter school, like a private school that, that was free. And you basically would like had to be poor to attend the school. And um, a lot of the people who attended the church also attended the school. And so I remember seeing like old pictures of like old um, uh, classmates or whatever, like alumni. And like, I know that guy. Like he goes here. He's... <laughs> He goes to my church He like he moved to the United States and he's here. And so we would just make fun of him. It's like, oh, you went to the <laughs> you went to the poor school. And like the kids who attend the school, it's kinda like save the children. You like sponsor a child and you pay like whatever the, the thing a month, or whatever. And so um I was like, You were sponsored by someone on this side. Like we were super like thinking about it, we were super mean to this guy. But like wow. I feel like there's um like like you said, there's like the, the unintended consequences. But I feel like part of the like Christianity, there's like an inherent, like coloni- co- colonizer, like aspect to it. It's like you can't not colonize. Like evangelism and colonizing, they're like th- like the Venn diagram is like really, really overlappy. You know?
1: Oh my gosh, one hundred percent. And like I see this in something as simple as breakfast. And I know you're like, where is she going? With <laughs> okay, <it?"> let's see. <laughs> but I realize this with Christianity is like growing up like as a an asian person like i love savory things for breakfast like soups noodles rice right and i remember like telling a friend about that and she's like "Ugh, like ew she's like you're drinking like you're having soup in the morning you travel to any other country like in asia like that's just normal right like it's so my point is that i realized oh my gosh like there, most people really do believe like their perspective is the perspective and anything else that delineates from it is, like, off-brand somehow. Yeah. Like, in that moment, I realized that this girl, like, genuinely thought, like, breakfast everywhere <laughs> is, like, waffles, pancakes, orange juice, coffee. Like, <laughs> and anything that's outside of that is wrong or different or gross. Yeah. And that's exactly how I feel about Christianity is, like, yeah, your religion's, like, great and all, but, like, here's the one that's, like, you're always supposed to find.
0: Yeah, my, yeah. my, my mom, she, um, so i'm dominican I was, I was i was born in dr and my family's like super dominican and um in Dominican republic um christopher columbus is seen kind of like how we would think of like like joseph stalin or hitler or whatever like he's like the evil guy there's no like columbus day in the republic right and so my mom, like, instilled that in me growing up. It was part of, like, my, my otherism. It's like, you will never celebrate Halloween, and you're a Christian. You will never celebrate Colum- uh, Columbus Day, you're Dominican, and you'll never, um, uh, uh, there's a, a lot of things we weren't allowed to do, but um, Columbus was, like, a big thing, and um, one, uh, this is kind of recent, I, I explained to my mom, you know, like, mom, if Christopher Columbus was Muslim, you'd probably be Muslim. And she like it like broke her brain. She's like, "There's no way that this could be true." And but at the same time, it's like the only reason why uh, you know Christianity made its way over here is because of the, the the conquistadores. So like, there was no way around it. It's like there's yeah. no and and you know like it, it's impossible to say that we would be living in a Christian society if it wasn't that like the the colonizers you know they that's the religion that they happened to bring with them, and that that's something that like. Coming to terms with it, accepting that was like is really it's it, it 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 did a number on me, especially like when I started my deconstruction. Um, yeah, and- I'm still trying to
2: figure out where where to place that. Like that is one of the things that has been really difficult for me. Like so, some of the like I did a lot of like missions trips. I was never mm-hmm. a missionary, but I went on a ton of missions trips because they were fun. Mm-hmm. Which that should tell you something right there. Like that I'm saying that. You know, it's like a white dude from California. We, I just told this story on TikTok, but I remember like this arrogance in me, we were in Belize, which this trip was like, we stayed in like these nice huts in the jungle, like on raised boardwalks. Like we dug a trench for a few days. And then we went and like, went through like a cave and explored this cave, went scuba diving with sharks went and had like um, lobster and um, steak wow. on this gl- gl- this island
0: I, glory to jesus
2: <laughs> all glory to god right all glory to god but we went to this Mayan ruin right and 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 it was this guided tour and we all have this idea like let's sneak here tonight like let's sneak back here and we'll sneak in and let's claim this ruin as our own. Like, let's claim it back for Jesus.
0: <laughs> so, like, you might thought, as well get the flag. I just play the totally, flag. <laughs>
2: totally. So we like snuck our guitar in, we snuck all this like communion in, like we we held a church service on like this ruin. And what a bunch of assholes. <laughs> like, we're, we're like crying, and lifting our hands in worship, like claiming this temple back for the true God. like. Oh my gosh! I remember being like legitimately moved. I thought I had a powerful experience. With did
0: me. Did you guys see what what happened during the um, the Black Lives Matter um, uh, protest, whatever? That Bethel sent like a like a worship experience to one
2: oh, of the <laughs> Oh, I'd
0: love to hear about it. So, <laughs> like, they it was I forgot which one it was. It was it was an important one. And um, so they had the, the people protesting on one side and then the Bethel people came and set up a little stage with speakers and everything and it had like people singing and like worshiping whatever. And they made sure that the volume of the speakers was like overpowering the protesters c- just to like claim the experience for like <laughs> make sure that God's presence was was in that place. Yeah. And, and, and it was so like <sighs> Bethel. It, 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 they kind of like, they bid like they made like a big, like m- my views of them completely shifted over time, um, even while I was still in the faith, and um, even and thinking back now, it's like it, it's it's pure evil in my opinion. Like, it's yeah. yeah, and and like I I kind of see it as like, you know, if we look back at the last two hundred years of like the history of of our of our country, like. Um, it's really easy to identify who the bad guys are. Like, who are the people who like? Maybe at the time they were, it was controversial. Maybe the world, the the, the country was split. It's like, for example, slavery. Like, who were the people that were like, "No, slavery is cool. We should keep it." Um, it just happens to be the same people today. Like, who are the people who were like, yeah. "You know, we we got to keep Jim Crow laws." It's the same people today. Like, it has it hasn't changed. And I have no doubt that we're going to look back fifty years from now and say like those those were the bad guys. Like it's really obvious who the bad guys were, and um and today we kind of see it like two sides of the same coin. It's like a uh, like the the two Americas, um mm. and um like I it cr- I, I cringy just thinking about the fact that I was I was I was with the bad guys. You know, like I I marched for um anti uh, same sex marriage in in twenty fifteen. You know, I was, wow. I was, I was there. I have pictures of my, of my little brother. He's, he's 15 years younger than me. Um, so I have pictures of him really little. He's, he's probably like nine years old, holding a sign saying like a marriage between a man and a woman and whatever, and, and marching wow. in like one of the most liberal parts of, of our country, knowing that we were being hated by like people in our community and being like, who the hell are these people bringing this, this dark message to our streets and and feeling like we were like the underdogs who are bringing a positive message um and yeah yeah, like coming to terms with that is something that's been really tough on me um
2: how do you reconcile it how like where how how do you where are you out with it
0: i mean as the the more i i think about why i was there the more um compassion and like forgiveness i have for myself and and I kind of have the same thoughts about people who are in it now. It's like why wouldn't you be a Christian? Like what you're a Christian at the likelihood of you being Christian is the same as like someone growing up in Egypt being Muslim. Like it's it's going to happen. And um it's really a matter of like um all we can really do is is raise our kids, you know, like that's really the only place where we have some kind of influence. And yeah. you know, I I've had a lot of like struggles thinking about like what am i replacing this with you know like there's there's like a <laughs> there's like a um as for me in my house we will serve the lord sign like hidden behind a shelf somewhere downstairs and i'm like what am i replacing that thing with you know and um um i i had a conversation with someone at work the other day and they were like they were talking about like sexuality or something and like um you know so how are you going to do the birds and the bees with your kids and like what's that are they going to be allowed to date like and i'm like i don't know like yeah. do, am i going to be like the 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 father teaching modesty to my daughter i have a son and a daughter and they're, they're really little so i have i have time to think about it dude um, it
2: creeps up so fast i mean we we're just talking <laughs> about it because like to finish to round out the conversation there yeah yeah so now that i have a 12 year old boy i did sit him down and i said hey here's the deal like you're going to have these urges it's totally normal here's the best place to do it and here's ways to not get caught or walking <laughs> home. honestly because i don't want him to feel any shame mm. for a really really natural thing for him to do Yeah um
1: and i've explained it like it seems crazy that he would be comfortable talking about this with me i promise you i do not bring this up to him (laughs) but he like he'll talk to me about anything and i have expressed like it's the same for women like everyone is going through it it's a hormonal change it's beautiful it's natural there's no shame in any of it you can come talk to us about anything if you want we'll like connect you know whatever it is yeah um (laughs) so
2: more than anything we just want to be a place for him to be safe. Both of both the boys to be safe to like have conversations where it's like like yeah.
1: Yeah, cuz I got it through a book called Mommy Laid an Egg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. It is a real book.
0: What and a great it, start. It's like already wrong from from the, on the cover it's already wrong. And
1: it like the disturbing thing about it is it's two children doing like kid activities but they're basically like sexual positions. So for oh, example, oh one involves a skateboard, one involves a swing. Oh my god. And, like, I a swing. And I <laughs> And I feel like this is a really disturbing book. Like, no wonder I was so confused. Oh
0: my gosh! It's I'll,
1: a real book. Mommy I'll, laid an egg. I'm gonna look it up. Please, the yeah. illustrations are incredibly. We're
2: actually sponsored by Mommy Laid an Egg. Yeah, that's but...
1: why we're bringing it it's up. Like, like, it's so confusing. Nice,
2: nice way to drop it in. <laughs>
1: Mommy laid an <laughs>
0: egg. Yeah, it, I, I had a. You know, it was actually really weird on my, on from my, from on my end, like. Um, I had all the the church stuff and also like the the the, the usual fears that you know that you're gonna go in and impregnate a thousand people. So you know I was taught abstinence and all that. And um, uh, and covering for my mom, who's my my mom's only partner, was my dad. Like they lost virginity to each other and you know they did the whole thing. And um, so like it was really like stifling and and closed off and you know but at the same time my mom was really radical like she would like i remember you know she would have the, these crazy conversations with me as a kid and she'd be like yeah you know that thing where they say like don't talk to strangers it's because a man is gonna put his penis in your butt like she, <laughs> she would literally tell me this stuff and like to, it was like her scare tactic it's kind of like arrested development it's like and that's why you leave a note you know like the guy's yeah, arm is bleeding so or whatever arm, yeah that that's what that was her her method um, like, but at the same time, she would also teach us that the reason you don't like lean out a window is because there's a demon, a, a demon assigned to pulling children out of windows. <laughs> like that oh, was the, yeah. that's how I was taught. Did
2: you celebrate Halloween or were hell not? no? Yeah, okay,
0: <laughs> never. Um, that's and oh my gosh, this past Halloween was the first time since that uh, we did the Halloween thing once, and we did it without my mom knowing. And it was my dad. He dressed me up as a soldier and my brother up as a clown. And we went um trick-or-treating. And I think I got like sick. I got like a cold. And my mom was like, You see? <laughs> <laughs> that was the enemy. And yeah. we got sick on Halloween because <clears throat> that's the enemy. And we never celebrated I mean, we never celebrated before that or after. And we were taught it's, you know, the devil's birthday and the whole thing. And yeah. um and I still get like this weird cringy feeling that it's hard for me to shake because I don't care anymore. And so um, my wife was like, can we please dress him up? Like, can we put him in costumes? Whenever we went to Walmart, they picked out costumes. And um, we were actually on a on a trip. We were away. We were like in in, in North, uh, South Carolina. And so we, we secretly did a photo shoot of our kids. And we put them in a private album on Google Photos that my mom would never see. And it was like this crazy shame moment and my wife was like i'm putting it in the group chat and i'm like oh no she's gonna (laughs) find out and then we're really gonna go to hell um but um we just kind of told her like hey we we don't we don't care anymore and you know my my mom took it kind of well you know she didn't kick and scream but um i know inside she was kicking and screaming but um yeah i still i still get those feelings and like we yeah. were actually talking about before we started recording about like, like uh, sinning and like cursing and. Mm-hmm. Do, y- yeah. do, y'all, do y'all smoke the ganj? Do y'all smoke weed?
2: <laughs> yeah, we we participate in that activity, um, but we're pretty responsible about it. We're we're so fucking busy that like we don't have time to smoke a lot of weed during the day. So, but it, as
1: soon as we're done, as soon with- <laughs> as like we're
2: done, kids are in bed, like
1: all the stuff has been done. It's
2: our glass of wine. She can't drink because of her, her health. I, I don't like drinking. And so, <clears throat> yeah.
1: Yeah. That is the other thing is like, it's strange. Like I used to like not really drink because of religious reasons. And then now I like don't drink cause I'm allergic. So it's like so <laughs> weird to have this same yeah. like outsider but it's not like I don't feel bad for myself or anything. I don't miss feeling sick from alcohol, but it's just funny that I'm in a, a full-grown adult and I still don't drink alcohol uh, same. after all of this. Same.
2: <laughs> it's so funny though cuz I remember I didn't I was so afraid. So I grew up in like my parents, like my family all grows pot like and like th- like there's actually some like famous strains like out that have come out of my family like Whoa. they're kind of <laughs> OGs in the, in the weed growing game in California. Um, so, but I, and so again, I threw myself into Christianity and like, I wanted to smoke so, pot so bad, like later on in life, but I was so afraid to do it that anytime I would smoke like a little bit of pot, I got so paranoid because I'm like the congregation's going to find out like, <laughs> like, like I'm going to get fired, like all this stuff, which is like now that like I, I, smoke pot, like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like that is like such a silly thing to even consider when you realize like how not a big deal it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you're just you're conditioned to thinking that these things are they're either satanic or they are like they're going to be like the uh, like a piece of your soul will actually die
1: the whole like your input what's your input is going to be your
2: garbage output. in garbage
1: garbage out, in garbage like. out did you
0: guys ever get the the toothpaste analogy with the, oh, the virginity god. you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube oh
1: Dude. my god so much yeah
2: or the the one like the one that i always remember like hearing and i remember like i, I would be in like high school thinking like oh that's a brilliant analogy Is like the the chocolate bar they, you know, and like everybody gets a little bit of chocolate on their hand. And then at the end, like who the fuck wants the chocolate bar? Like oh what a God. shitty thing to I say know. for to human. Like that's awful.
1: And it's obvious that like they're really, I mean, at least to me, it's like, it's more directed at the women. Because it always felt like, ah, he's a dude. He, he's going to stumble. But you like should have like no problems. <clears throat> Just like shutting it down i can't even
0: imagine what that's what that's like like i don't have the 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 maturity and the capacity to to place myself in in a woman a christian woman's mind that 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 got you know that heard all that stuff growing up that's i'm so glad that my daughter will not have to go through that like that's a
1: beautiful sentiment yes exactly right yeah not be ashamed of like like i have i have a hard time like not like being naked still sometimes like or like letting my i'm like i don't need to be ashamed of like why am i covering myself up like we're husband and wife you know but i still like
2: yeah there's still those it gets its hooks in you yeah
1: or i'm like we should be like we shouldn't be like we should be doing like dishes or something like a devotional
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's amazing how how much it affects like your psyche and just like your your mind like i um, it's not until I, I'm coming out of it that I that I'm seeing like it's such a Christianese word to use, but the strongholds <laughs> that were on my on my mind and my soul that I, I'm still dealing with like my my yeah. wife is has been a little bit more progressive in terms of like accepting things like like smoking weed and stuff and um, you know she, um i you know how that you when you smell something it's like really connected to your memory or whatever like when i smell it i think of and it's it's all of these things at the same time number one it's um uh sin it's like this is evil i'm smelling an evil thing
1: devil's lettuce yeah
0: number two there's like a racism behind it you know Um. i i feel like dominicans is the claim to fame we are the innovators we are the we're the godfathers and the and the we're the ogs on um uh new world racism like we we invented it you know it, it came it started here first dominicans you know we we perfected it like the yeah. a lot of the the derogatory terms they were birthed where i came from you know oh. and um you know we're we were like sandwiched between puerto rico and haiti and like there's there's a lot of hate so the so Dominican Repub- D- dominicans are really good at, at racism is what i mean to say like we, we're yeah. we're experts and so, like, I smell it, and I immediately get, like, racist thoughts. Like, that's that's the black people smell. That's, like, growing mm-hmm. up in Jersey City and, and everywhere I smelled it, that I associated that smell with, number one, evil, number two, um, uh, blackness, number three, um, you know, hell. Like, all the negative connotations you could think of, I associated with that smell. And so, um, when my wife lit up for the first time in our 10 years of marriage, it was actually on her 10th anniversary, she was like, Are you, are you, is this okay? Are you gonna like, <laughs> are you gonna be okay? And I'm like, It's all good. Do your thing. I'm, you know, I, I'm just trying to like flex my tolerance muscle. And I couldn't, like, I, I smelled it and immediately it was like, like, um, uh, like the, the, the werewolf thing. Like, I, you know, the, the primal thing that inside of me that where I was raised to, to consider this an evil act came out. And I, I, I tried my best to not show it, but, and I didn't say anything. But I, I was fighting it inside and I hate that. I'm like, I don't want my kids to go through this. Like, I don't want them to, to hate their neighbors. I literally hated wow. my neighbors growing up because they would smoke all like every day, every, all the time. Um, yeah. But- yeah, I
2: thought my parents were evil. Like, I, I thought <clears throat> my parents were the worst people in the world because they grew pot.
1: Well, I mean, they even like just the indoctr- indoctrination of like God loves you more than your parents do, like it makes it so easy mm. to be like, I don't need anyone in my life, but God, if he He loves me more than anyone. Yeah, you know, and it's really like to me, in my experience, it was a manipulative way to like pull me away from them because my, my family, like they weren't really religious at all, you know what I mean? And so like, I just stopped going home to visit them. I was like my, the people here in LA need me like the homeless (laughs) here need me. Like my family doesn't need to see me. Like they're not Christian anyway. Like just really just like demonizing these people who have really no say or any part in like this religious journey that I'm going on. And yet I'm like, they are, everyone's in it. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I, what my grandma, was she's totally kooky. Like she is out there that she did some really crazy things growing, like when I was growing up, but she's a really unique, interesting person. And from about the age of 20 till she died when I was like, maybe 35, um, our relationship really suffered because she was trying to tell me like, Hey, the Bible is not real. Like the Bible is like, it's, It's full of like man-made things that are going to cause damage in your life. And I took that and I brought it to my pastor and they're like, you're being persecuted. Mm -hmm. This is persecution. And so I placed my grandma in a different place in my life from then on. And this is one of my biggest regrets now in life is like, I look back on it. Like I wish I could have known my grandma now, not being a Christian. Because we would have had so many great conversations and I think I would have really gotten to know this woman, but instead, like I I, I had to alienate her from my life. I had she was a bad person because she was trying to persecute me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I get the same feeling when I look at people from my school. like when, when Facebook blew up and you're connecting to all people that you haven't talked to in 20 years, whatever. Um, there's a lot of people that I grew up with that are still friends with each other and it's like wow these are these are apparently lifelong friendships and i i was never part of those social circles because i was raised being told that like you're you're in this world and not of it and mm. so like the only close friends i had were through church and like i was at school not like an outcast or anything like i i still got along with people but i, I had this thing in the back of my mind it's like we could only be so close because you know you're you're not saved and until you join me in church um, which is so funny that the only friend that came out of my, that I was still friends with in high school is because he, he converted and became a Christian. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and like, I, I regret that so much. I'm like, again, this is another one, one of these things that I, I want my kids to meet people and be friends with them forever. You know, like that's something that I never really got to enjoy. Um, mm. And I I totally understand why people vote the way they do. Like like looking at it now, I'm like, of course you you would vote that way. Like that's, there's no way other, there's no way around it like if if that primal urge um it came over me when i smelled the weed or whatever imagine somebody telling you we're going to legalize this and uh, uh, you know, nah. across the whole country like oh my god like mm-hmm. the, the devil's lettuce, as you said like that's it's totally understandable and i was actually really ignorant to that like i grew up in a church that was um relatively uh progressive um fiscally progressive because, you know there's like the two kinds there's like the socially and the fiscally there's like are do we allow gay people to get married no because that's that's a sin but are we okay with like welfare it's like yes because we're we're all poor immigrants in this church so um we were fiscally progressive and socially conservative and i didn't know that until i started um attending the the the, the big white mega church and i didn't mm-hmm. and i thought that everybody it's like oh we you know we're we live in the most densely populated state in the country we all think this way right no. <laughs> I didn't know that, you know, the suburban whites were were trumpers and I just I didn't know that trumpers existed. Like it was completely like foreign to me. And um that it was a it was a rude rude awakening awakening for me. Um yeah. and like, you know, it's um it's really like it's really scary because these are things that don't go away in in one generation or two. Like it'll be a while. Um until you know we 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 move what center looks like um and but did you guys see like the what the the voter turnout looked like for this pat for the midterms Uh, i I don't know how political i'm just assuming we we
2: tend to not like to talk about politics honestly just because it's it's messy in our family so we Mm -hmm. we choose to
0: yeah like it it, it's really messy in my family too (laughs)
2: i mean on i have no problem saying that i think donald trump is a piece of shit and people shouldn't fucking revo- vote republican i have no problem saying that but i just like honestly like uh, this whole christian nationalism thing it, it's been a weird it's been a really weird so for me i got out of the church in 2019 right mm-hmm. um and i kind of like i, I turned off i lost my community I lost, like, oh, I should. Lost is such a like a victim word. I, I, there was just a lot that happened in that time. Hmm. Like anyone who kind of deconstructs, especially if in your place of leadership in the church. Um, But I, I kind of like blacked out mentally in that time um, when it came to politics and religion. Like I just I couldn't have anything to do with it because I was just trying to stay above water
0: personally. Understandably so. Um, Totally.
2: And so it, it was, and I had stayed so close to that stuff before, you know? So like for the first time in my life, I find myself like out of politics now that I'm kind of like dipping back in, it's like, what a mess. Like how how different, like the trajectory was like crazier than I thought. You know what I mean? Like you grow up all, at least for me, like I grew up, I grew up in California. I grew up white, you know, I, I didn't know that all this terrible stuff was, I was shielded from a lot of, mm-hmm. of things. The so- society was set up that way for me. I was just shielded from a lot of things. And so, um, like seeing this flood of like Christian nationalism hit Christianity and seeing like, that's what Christianity is becoming from my, I, it's wild for me. Cause like I, like I said, I didn't grow up with all of the like, the dogma. I didn't grow up with all of the, um, the cultural Christianity. Mm. Um, and so, and I grew up like in a very liberal state in a very liberal, liberal area. Um, so I'm always kind of naive to it and thinking like, I cannot believe this is, it's going to be, it's going to get better. It's going to stop. It's gonna And then you just see it growing and you're like, oh my God, like, this is insane.
0: Yeah. If uh, what I was going to say, like, if you look at the, the like who voted in the midterms and how they voted, it was actually really encouraging. Like the the um, the results were, were were like our country really is split down the middle. Like it's it's kind of scary how split down the middle it is. But when if you look at who voted, it's like seventy eight percent or something of the young vote was blue, and it's like the highest that it's ever been. So it gives me hope for like the next generation. Like and if, it was a if, lot if, of
2: young voters too, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's what I heard. It was a lot of young voters and. um which I, I think some some of the Republicans who are running came out like saying like started trying to change bills um, to, to raise the voting age, you know, <laughs> which is just like okay, here we go. the yeah, yeah. you know.
0: But that's that's one thing that, that that does give me hope that like you know there's there's a there's a good chance that the next generation will will be better. I mean, it we we have been progressively getting better over over the the years and generations, and so just knowing that it won't stay crappy as crappy forever is is nice to know. Um,
2: I hope so. Honestly, I mean, we, we have this conversation quite a bit. We're just trying to create a peaceful, like, like, harmonious environment. I know that sounds like totally hippie, but we're really trying to create, like, a peaceful spot for us in this world and then other people, too. Like, we really genuinely like helping people. So, like, when we are talking about, like, the apotherapy, um that's what it's called with her her bee venom therapy um we uh we do a lot of live streaming for that <clears throat> and we we give out this information that other companies charge like thousands and thousands of dollars off of give it away for free because someone came along and helped us and it's one of the first acts of service that we've been able to do outside of the church and it feels great to not have to give that to god you know what i mean like yeah. there's this is this is like we're just being like trying to be good, good humans here. And so and it's kind of the same with like what we're trying to do on the other TikTok we have on, you know, how we've met the, the deconstructing one is we're, we're just we're trying to one, be a safe place for people who have deconstructed. Like I often say to people who try and combat me in the comments, like our content's not for you. Like we're not making content for you i don't like arguing i turn into a total dickhead when i argue with people and i just it's not who i like to be it's not like i I, I like yeah we like to we really like to be nice people and we don't i don't want to get in a fight with someone Um, but i also won't like i'll I'll stand up for what's right as well you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so we're just trying to like be good humans and it's nice to be a good human outside of the church and because i thought that part like what if that's true what if it does go away if i stop like going to the church and stop believing in the bible like will i still be a good person and uh, (laughs) i think i'm a better person now than i ever have been like you you...
1: i know i'm a better person like i was way more judgmental than i ever like really wanted to be
0: it's so funny like i I was i grew up being told that Being a good person is not good. Like your goodness and your value comes from Christ. So like aiming to be a good person is pointless because we all fall short and the wages of sin is death and blah, blah, blah. Like there's no, not that there's no point in being good, but it's like, it's not what's going to get you into heaven. So like being good is just um, uh, a side effect of being saved. So it's like, like, like you said, like if I lose myself, my salvation, you know, quote unquote, um, will I start being bad? Like, will I then <laughs> lose like the reason to be good? And um, it, it's it's funny because for indirect reasons, it has for me. <laughs> I'm like more of a dick now. No, but <laughs> that, that's not what I mean. What I mean is like I actually have this thing now where um, uh, Christian behaviors. Give me a little bit of PTSD, like yeah. I don't I don't play guitar anymore. I have the I, these guitars. I, ju- I moved into this house in May. I haven't touched them since they since I hung them on the wall. I still get like church vibes whenever I pick one up, and so yeah. I, it, it like hurts me sometimes to play guitar. and And it gives me like just uh, like negative feelings. and And I know oh, that yeah. that's it's not gonna be that way forever. Um, but I I associate like which sounds insane, but like acts of kindness and like helping people with like. Being a missionary and and spreading the gospel and whatever and it gives me icky vibes, and so I oh, I I it's like I can't even get myself like to do like a soup kitchen thing because I'm like this feels churchy to me and I hate this feeling, um, yes. and I want to get get over that, um, but um it, but it isn't a direct um uh, side effect of of deconstructing, and like you know, another thing that I don't want for my kids, you know, I want to be able to just help people with, with no strings attached, you know?
2: Yeah. One of the greatest things that the kids tell us is that they see us, they're always saying like, you guys are so nice to people and you always take time out to help people. And to me that like, that's all I care about, like that. My kids see this, right? Like they see me, they see their stepmom, they see us being good humans to other people and not done in the name of like a God, because we have to. Like that was always a struggle for me. When
0: was the last time you tithed? This oh, sounds like uh, a left left field question, but.
2: Oh, I love this question. <laughs> I, I, I didn't tithe when I was in the church. Really? I really lied about it.
0: <laughs> Are
2: you <serious>? like, <laughs> Yeah, totally. I was so <laughs> broke. Honestly, like they did not pay me well enough to tithe like i and i would justify it in my head i would say i gave i worked and it's true i would i was supposed to work 40 hours i would be putting like 60 70 hour work you know weeks in <laughs> not seeing my kids like and um so yeah i didn't tithe but i remember there was a time where like an email went out to all the pastors saying hey we're gonna start checking your giving records Oh man. And, and I was so scared. I thought I was going to get fired because I was like, I remember being like, fuck, I got to start giving, you know, like I dropped like a grand into the, uh, into the offering.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh, I, I, so no,
2: wait, hold on. Strike that. I fucking lied about that too. Oh like, I, <laughs> I was giving in cash. Now I'm remembering it. Oh my gosh. Go. Yeah,
0: I, didn't even,
1: I, didn't, I like was either, I was like so manic with it either. I'd like, I'd give like so much money or like i just didn't. And like so uh, i don't know what it was about me. And then like also i volunteer like i felt like i mine was my tithing was through like volunteering. But like when you look back on it it's like you make these weird exceptions for little things. But it
2: was so and hard like being in the mega church though like you're spending legit. I spent, you know, $60,000 on one projector, right? So like, I'm seeing where this money is going. Cause I, I was in charge of all of the gear inside the auditorium. So like one projector, you know, like our sound system. the, oh, I'm, the I'm
0: fully aware.
2: I, yeah, I, I was I was a
1: worship smoke
0: leader. The yeah.
2: machine or the um the the haze machine flew it alone, right? Like
1: Oh, I just smelled it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all, all of this stuff like I I had a budget that was like $80,000 um just for maintenance on this equipment and so I'm like fuck that, I'm not giving money to this.
0: <laughs> so I, I I tithed pre-tax um my whole um, <laughs> oh, my whole megachurch career and I also tithe. I tithe post post tax, which is just, just painful or whatever. Um, before that, you know, for as long as I've had a job, I tithe. I didn't stop tithing until I left the church. Carlos, so I, you
2: to me just a little bit, just a uh, little bit, because like you I, were giving so much money and I wasn't. Uh, giving I, no, no, no,
0: no, no. It's the opposite. I'm like, why the like I think about all that money, I'm like, I could have invested that. Like <laughs> I'm like, man, I wish I didn't tithe. Yeah. I wish I just kept all that money. And like, you know, that's it's a it's a solid chunk of money. And like um, you know, just thinking about it now, it's it's actually like it's such bad stewarding of your funds. Like, why would you <sighs> It's really sad, and people give above and beyond, way above and beyond. The I, title.
1: Uh,
2: if you just look alone at auditoriums across America, you have these giant, beautiful buildings that are used once, maybe twice a week. It's a fucking shame yeah. that these, like, like, I, I remember thinking like, in our area alone, there are like, you know, probably a dozen mega churches all with huge rooms and there is a homeless problem in San Francisco I don't know if you've you've heard about it all but it is crazy what's happening in San Francisco want
0: to hear a crazy story let's hear it so I, I worked at this mega church this is the same mega church they had this thing where it was um we're gonna we're gonna do like a homeless awareness um, uh, event and the way that it worked is mind you this is a church that um, it's an $8 million facility or whatever um, in the middle of one of the richest areas of New Jersey. Um, and it this area is, I don't know, like 85% white or whatever. And um, what they were going to do is um, you sign up for the event and everyone was going to sleep in the parking lot. with. Um... Wow. <laughs> it's such a cringy story to tell. Um, I have a cousin who's a social worker, and I couldn't even get halfway through the intro, and she was like, ah, yeah. "What is this happening?" Right. So it's like you had all these white people in like these um, cardboard tents and stuff in the parking lot of the church, and they were going to sleep there one night. And for everyone who signed up, the church would donate like an X amount of dollars to some like homeless whatever organization, and. Yeah. um <laughs> and people were like cold so they slept inside <laughs> they just went inside the church and slept like in the lobby and i'm like you kind of missed the point you supposed <laughs> and it's just so weird like um you know people that i know donated like literally a million dollars to the church that have enough money to do something like that easily every year sleeping in a parking lot and i'm like dude like if you can donate a million dollars to a church, you can literally buy like four houses. I know. <laughs> just, I know. Just house people. <laughs> like, just buy them homes. Yeah, <laughs> and then
1: seeing like how much control the like donators end up having. You know, like I so I went to Azusa Pacific University for college, and like the like the Dillon Center is donated by the freaking Dillons. Like. They re- like we you sometimes just don't think about it, but you realize how much control the largest investor Really can have because if they have a problem with something like they're definitely gonna bring it up if they have been giving <laughs> like like a million dollars Yeah,
2: I I have to be careful. I heard of a guy once who worked at a church um, Who and the, the church was getting really close to? Um, being an open and affirming church and mm. um, and the there was a big investor.
0: For those unaware, open and affirming means they're okay with gay people. Right? <clears throat> oh sorry. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and well that was our church. We would trick gay people into going to it. Like in our welcome video, it'd be like, Everyone is welcome. Like mm-hmm. if you're gay, if you're straight, you know, blah blah blah, right? And um But then, like, once you got in the church, you realize, like, oh, like, all the pastors here have signed contracts saying they will not do a same-sex marriage Mm -hmm. because – and I always – oh, this is – my friend's church told me this story about this person who had a lot of money in their church, gave a lot of this money, um, like, to the tune of, like, I think it was, like – we're talking tens, maybe $20 million um, for a a large building – and they controlled the loan and the percentage of the loan that the church had to give back. So um, shortly after, like, we kind of, or that church got all that stuff figured out, um, they 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 said, like, hey, you, we're going to make you sign contracts saying you won't do same-sex marriages.
1: And same thing at Azusa Pacific University. <laughs> it's like everyone's welcome. Like, no matter what, but we all have to sign a contract that, like, it, it, it's terrible that it includes, like, no drinking on campus. And also marriage should be between a man and a woman, like, are, like, somewhat in the same clause. <laughs>
2: like, don't light your mattress on yeah, fire no, or kiss a dude no if you're a dude.
1: Parties, you know? <laughs> and, like, we're preaching this, like, we all love each other kinds of things. And it, like, I mean, the people, like, I don't want to say this word but a terrible like slur was spray painted on the housing like shortly after this and it's like this is this is so like just un. you can't stomach it you know what I mean To, to like you're signing this contract and then you're seeing it like literally hurt at other people to even like unaliving them
0: yeah what, what was what was the because for me, it was the the like homosexuality was was the first trigger for me, like um, not my sexuality, but like um, my interpretation of the Bible and, and and how the Bible treats gay people or whatever. That was what started unraveling for me. Um, what, what was it for for you?
2: Same, honestly. So for me, um, I will say this about the church that I was a part of. They did have really good intentions. They were trying to move the, be progressive. They're trying to make change. I was a big part of that change. Like that for me, like I was always, I was always trying to be like, what can I get away with when the, within this kooky ass religion? You know, like what's not gonna get me fired from my job? Surprisingly, a lot didn't get me fired. I was actually like, they, they let an idiot like me be on staff, but um, <clears throat> they would bring in, so so essentially we did like seven years legitimately seven years of going through those clobber passages as a leadership team as a church it took seven years to develop like what and and in our minds we were doing it right right we're going to take a long time we're going to read a bunch of books we brought in um do you know who justin lee is um this is like i don't know what he's doing now but he had written a book back then called torn and he was like a very out, openly gay Christian, um, and we, so we brought him into the church to give one side. He gave his side. It was like called like side A, and then there was side B. Like side A was, you can be um, a Christian um, who's gay and in a relationship, and God will when honor
0: you, that. <coughs> when you say you brought him in, was it like he spoke to the congregation, or was it like to just the staff?
2: No, we he spoke to. We had a night. We it was like we brought him in for an event, and okay. so. Um, and then but we also brought someone in from side b which was like being gay is okay in the eyes of the lord you just can't act on it right like okay. so so we brought in these two sides and that was our position like we're going to be a church full of side a and full of side b but i spent seven years deconstructing these clobber paths passages right and it ultimately led into the deconstruction of a lot of other crazy stuff that i believed so by the time that i had left the church there really wasn't a ton for me to deconstruct other than the church culture stuff. So that's kind of like what has been the hardest for me is deconstructing the church, the cultural church stuff. Cause I grew up in it, right? Like I was raised in like the modern mega church and um, I learned a lot of weird stuff like, a like, a lot of weird stuff from that, and just being in that culture, and then being a leader in leadership in that culture as well was like
0: <laughs>
2: nuts, man. It,
0: it was, it was like really, um, uh, it was a, a big eye opening thing for me. So, I grew up and it's uh, really similar to you, it's like non affirming, but well, you know, the doors are open for all, or whatever. But forget about, for, forget about serving in, in any form of leadership, like if you're gonna like lead a small group, or no, that was like not a thing for if you're gay. Um, and the way that I saw it was, the way that I treated it was, I just kind of put it on like the back of my mind, and it was not something that I needed to think about. I didn't have mm-hmm. anybody particularly close to me that was that was gay or whatever, and like, um, I just didn't have to deal with it. You know, like it was not a thing that I that I wanted to unpack. And I I think I knew in the back of my mind that the second that I started unpacking, I was I was gonna hate what I was gonna find, so I just never went there um and but i did have someone who was very close to me he's like he's like a person that we call a cousin but he's not actually related to me he's like a really close friend of the family who we all knew was gay but never came out so that conversation just didn't need to happen and it didn't happen until he finally came out and i was like i guess i gotta think about this now Mm -hmm. you know like how do i treat you how do i see you what what do i do about this and by then he was already kind of like estranged from the family he wasn't like a ten- I mean for me growing up family and church with the same thing so like he was like he wasn't around so it was like not something that i had to think about like directly and then finally i was like i really love this person he's like a he's he's like he's family to me so i was like i need to come to terms with how how i'm 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 seeing this or viewing this and right then i i knew i was like i i literally don't care what the bible says like i really don't i yeah. I, I love this person and I would yep. love him as as much as I would love somebody. Not like the Christian love where you're like, oh, I love you, but there's like boundaries around, just don't do, don't try to serve. Like, yep. No, I'm loving you 100%. Yep. And I knew that I needed to like delete that part of the Bible from my, from my mind. And as soon as I was able to do that, I was like, then I could delete the whole thing. Like I just, I started like, that's when I finally got into like really deconstructing, like literally, yeah. you know. Um, so I, This
2: is when I was in high school, I had a a friend um, who came out to me and we were in youth group together. And this is like I'm old. So this was a while, a while. Like, like coming out in high school is unheard of. Right. Like at this time, like um, so I'm in high school. This is probably like 1995. Hmm. um, And he came out to me. And shortly after we were on a retreat. And, um, some other guys started picking on him and I got into like a fight with these guys and, and ended up like getting close to this other guy, this guy, and who was really, really struggling, you know, his, his, his words was struggling with homosexuality and all this stuff. And, um, and I read that's right when I really start started to see how damaging and how hurtful this was because like this guy was never welcomed never fully accepted in the church because everyone kind of knew mm-hmm. and, um, and I watched it just be, and then he, he, like, I wish I knew, I don't know where he is now. I've actually since tried to look him up, but I know the last I had heard, he did go to like, um, the conversion therapy and all that stuff, which is just heartbreaking for me to hear. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm getting emotional talking. Cause like, I, I remember how hard it was for him. Like he wanted to love God mm. so bad. Like, and if, like, if you know the heart of a 16 year old, like sold out full abandoned Christian, like yep. I, know, like, I know that feeling of just like, I would give anything for God. Mm. Like I know he felt that same like feeling for God. Um, And it breaks my heart to know that, like, he was never fully accepted by this community um, or by this God, like, by this God that, like, you know, he's being told by these Christians, like, God loves everybody, but it's not true. Like, he doesn't love gay people because your book's saying that and your, like, followers are all saying it louder than anything, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So
2: I – I say that all because I, I really felt like that, like it's to speak a little um, Christian lingo, like it it really did some heart work in me and changed my heart. And I I like promised from that moment I would never make anyone at that time I would just say gay um, feel bad about themselves for it. And and I, I it was cool I got to be a safe place for a lot of people. Like I I became a pastor who a lot of people like came out to, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of a okay i'm glad for it but i'm also like probably need to make some phone calls <laughs> and mm-hmm. apologize to some people yeah, yeah and
1: mine has just been like suppressing it through the whole thing like like aside from like purity culture like there's no way that i'm going to be able to like express like the feelings of like attraction towards someone of the same sex like i haven't even talked to my parents about this like i honestly am thinking like hopefully they don't ever look this up um but like i'm never gonna tell my grandparents ever there's no way i just can't there's no point what is that going to do so like me feeling like because i had always struggled with depression and like always being like i genuinely feel like i i love like i could love anybody like a man woman whatever and Like it made me feel like there's something like God made me there's something wrong in me or that he made me this way. And that's what started to unravel it more because I was like, why would I follow somebody who like actively is like truly if if were he really made me this way, like whatever it was and like, why would I want to follow somebody that like makes people gay and then they're not accepted anyway. So like, just from that perspective, I just, but I never could feel like I could be an ally because I was, it would show my hand also. So I felt like I was just high, like I felt like a complete coward because like my silence just let it seem like I was straight and just like, yeah, you shouldn't be thinking about boobs. You
2: know? (laughs) Man, you just said something that made me think of that too. My justification, Because, you know, like after signing that contract, I had to justify to myself that I wouldn't do a same-sex marriage. My justification was, and I would say this, you've heard me say this, I was trying to cast the biggest net. I wanted to get Mm. Christians and the LGBTQIA community, you know what I mean? Like, so my job is to cast the widest net, and in reality, I was just taking a really comfy, safe, position right in the middle of the fucking fence mm-hmm. you know yeah <laughs>
0: Which and you know, what's what's crazy is like the way that uh, we were raised um justifying that. the 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 whole thing was like um you know y- you have an inherent thing you're born with where you want to fornicate and you want to cheat on your wife and you want to whatever and these are sins just the same um but like i get to get married and <laughs> and like be with my wife and and not be, like, shunned by a community or whatever. Like, it's it's not the same at all. And um, it's really sad that people just don't have the ability to do that. Um, but I, I want to be respectful of your time. I know there's a chicken out there. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Yeah, it's,
1: like, 11 o'clock for you.
0: Well, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm a night owl. So it's, don't worry about me. But. Um I'm so glad I got to talk to you guys. I how can people find you? Like what are cuz you guys have like a lot of accounts.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're this is this is the worst question to ask us. <laughs> is, like we we are hyper creative and just we have a million projects. Like I think we start 10 bands every week. You know? <laughs> just, um our main account is this TikTok account that we're doing where we're 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 basically taking these songs, um we're taking scripture and then writing these melodies that sound just like worship it's a total parody um the whole goal is just to throw like basically say like hey we're throwing kind of these scriptures back at you that that a lot of people misinterpret we're totally misinterpreting these scriptures like
1: totally
0: out a, of context i haven't
1: like, looked up the aramaic like,
0: like, <laughs> for any of these <laughs> like i well, they're, you're not really interpreting them, but you're just reading them out loud. Like, that's, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> if it sounds but, crazy, it's, it's not your fault.
2: <laughs> but it feels like a really, like, so for us, like, we we spend a lot of time being silent. For us, like, our, if we're honest, to show our hand a little bit, like, we really have a heart for LGBTQ+. I, you know, and trans youth especially. Um, we just, we want... We we want the Bible to stop being weaponized, and it's mm. it's being weaponized, and it's being used to kill, literally kill children. Mm. Like children are killing themselves because this crazy book is telling the them, shooting like, that just happened. the shooting that just happened. Yep. Like, fuck fo- God. Focus on. The, don't get me started. She <laughs> <laughs> don't. Get me,
0: I'll,
2: I'll go off on James Dobson all day, but oh my gosh. anyway. Like, you know, so I, for us, we're not even out there trying to say God's not real. We're not out there trying to say like Christians are dumb or anything like that. Our message is like, stop weaponizing the Bible. And
1: also like, if you can have a laugh at this, like that laugh can turn into a small spark of doubt. And that's all Mm -hmm. we want is just think about it. Just think about it.
0: It's the the hippie putting the flower in the, in the, in the rifle. (laughs) It's...
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, a little more aggressively. Like
2: there's yeah. a little bit of like, uh, I'm
0: going to pinch your nuts while I do
2: that. You know <laughs> what I mean?
0: <laughs> so what? what's that account? How do you spell it? So people
2: know Um,
1: you could type in how the sausage is made.
2: Yeah, how the sausage is made. um, Or at Cole Brewski. Um, We also have our Garden Punks account, which is which is super
0: fun, by the way. Now that you know what stinging is.
1: (laughs)
2: Yeah, so it's our at Garden Punks Co.
1: And that's like our like our more candid life—the bee stinging. a a lot of poop stories
2: yeah a lot of (laughs) stories about us shitting our pants and (laughs) we don't take ourselves very serious at all like we we just we truly
1: and we hope that that just gives safety to other people like we don't have to be ashamed of like we all do these things
0: (laughs) (laughs) well thank you guys for your time and i'm so glad we got to talk and, and and get to know your stories and stuff and same um, to us, and I'm, definitely
1: I'm, not the end.
0: I plan on having you on again eventually. Yes. So yes. I, I have
2: got a million stories, especially ministry stories that will just make you cry,
0: laughing. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're like, which way? Well, thank you so much. Have a good night, and and we'll we'll talk again soon.
1: Yes. Uh, thank you so much.